0: RPS powered by Set.
1: Welcome to the weekly review, where two elders and a young person make sense of the world we live in by analyzing stuff we've recently enjoyed in pop culture. It's our last episode of 2020. We'll say goodbye to this infamous year by sharing our staff picks of our favorite albums released. During the last 12 months, we reserved a blank space to review our last album of the year. You like what I did there, Ben? (laughs) 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 It's the way you said it. (laughs) (laughs) We even have a special guest with us, Bicoco from Barcelona's Cute Mob, who's finishing the year by releasing her debut EP titled Aura Aura. Did I pronounce that correct? Yes. Because on the album it sounds different, the way the <laughs> spoken word is pronounced. Thank you for joining us. And we're also joined by Marvai Verdú. Hi. Ben Cardew, the third. Hello, feeling infamous. <laughs> and behind the glass we have Rob Roman pushing buttons and controlling the quality of this wonderful sound. Um, and our general theme for today is mood. What does Gen Z mean when they speak of mood? Be sure to stick around to hear us digress around this concept. But first... Let's get into the Christmas spirit with U.S. girls. One land feels overflow
2: around the globe. You sit up
3: there in your richer trope. The charade has got to end. Mr. White US Girls featuring Rich Morel with Santa Stay Home and you know it's a Christmas tune because it's got sleigh bells and all kinds of of things on it and that works well for a number of reasons because it's getting close to Christmas, Um, there's loads and loads of uh, mood in it Um, and also that has certainly got something to do with our albums of the year, don't want to give it away uh, too early but it's a a lovely Christmas song and there really aren't enough of them. So, uh, as Johan mentioned, we have got a very special guest uh, in the studio. We're all uh, obeying COVID protocols, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, uh, flown in fresh from London. Uh, Bikoko, how are you
1: doing?
2: Hi. Well, first of all, thank you for having me here. I'm very excited. It's my first official interview, so it's exciting. Um, and I'm, yeah, I'm doing great.
1: Well, since it's your first official interview, uh, we have the privilege of getting to know you for the first time and also letting people know and then other interviewers will be able to reference this show. <laughs> <laughs> for, for instance, your real name is Ney Lidia. Yes. I pronounced that right. Ney. Yes. Um, why did you choose the name Bikoko? What does it mean?
2: Um so Bikoko is my last name but what's interesting is that in um in Bassa culture which is like the tribe that I'm from in Cameroon that my family's from um, each male descendant in each family gets a different last name so then like when they go when they grow up and they have their own families their wife will have the the same last name as the son like each each son will have like a name for their family so like my my dad's last name is Bikoko but my uncles all my uncles have different last names the thing is, when you're a female, you don't get a last name because when you get when you get married, you get your husband's last name. So then I didn't, like, I have two older brothers and they two have different last names. And I got Bicoco because I'm a female. Um, but um, I really relate to it because like my dad, I'm the youngest sibling and uh, in Basai it means sunset, which is like when the sun goes down. It's like the end of a period. So like the end of the children, I guess. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I really relate to it, and just um, Nay is very personal to me. Is you know what people call me on a daily basis. So I kind of I wanted to have like a, a different persona only reserved to, to my music. So that's why I decided Bacopo. Yeah.
1: How? Imp- when did you decide to make that decision of having a persona for your performing work and musical work and separating it from your real from your real self?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't something that really premeditated, like I didn't plan it, but, um, just, I changed my Instagram name a few years ago to just Bikoko. Uh-huh. And uh, a few people started, you know, calling me like that, like, oh, Bikoko, Bicoco, and, and, and I liked it. Um, especially I liked it because like usually people that call me like that weren't like my immediate friends or family. It was, you know, just more like a people that knew me mainly for my music or for modeling or whatever. So I started liking that uh, that difference. Uh, so I just decided to, to go on with it.
1: It's good because it works as a bit of a protective shield as well, isn't it? You know, we're so overexposed and sometimes the, the meddling of personality and uh, mm-hmm. character and stuff, it, it, it can be very um, uh, strategic for an artistic career mm-hmm. when you're in the public, right? Um, I read that you grew up in a very artistic environment. Do you mm-hmm. come from an artistic family uh, or are you the first artist?
2: Um, I do come from an artistic family. So my dad is a jazz musician, a oh. jazz um, double bass player. Yes, very lucky, very lucky gal. Um, and uh, my mother is an actress, or, like, she has been an actress for many years. And now, since she doesn't act that much anymore, she, like, started, you know, her little own, like, a production company. Yeah, so, like, she does music videos and, like, documentaries and stuff. So um, I I grew up around... Uh, you know all the friends of the family were artists they were all musicians and and people who did circus and, and stuff like that so it's, i was always encouraged to explore my artistic side which i'm i'm very blessed to have been able to do
1: i'm just gonna ask rob can we switch music so we can hear a bit of big in the background we're still enjoying the christmas spirit of christmas few us <laughs> girls but i'd like to hear what big music sounds like
3: i'm really interested that your dad is a jazz musician because there's a real jazzy edge to to your ep aura aura um and i found that quite fascinating was that like did you always sort of agree with like the music your dad was listening to was there a moment where you just like dad i don't want to have anything to do with jazz i've, I've had enough and you went and did your own thing
2: Um, the thing is, I grew up, I was always very shy as a child, so for many years, I refused to sing in front of my dad. I was scared, very, very scared. I don't, I still don't really know why, but it's, you know, my dad used to always ask me, like, why don't you, like, I heard at school that you sang a song, I also want to hear you sing. I was like, no, no, I don't want to. Um, I was scared for some reason, but, um, no, I always... I love jazz but the thing is like I grew up listening to many different styles of music because even though you know my dad loves jazz he also loves Johann Sebastian back so I always had like his classical music playing in the background and my mom used to listen to El Son Cubano so like um, Buena Vista Social Club and like all other types of artists so it's like I got a very different grew up listening to very different sounds so it wasn't um, I wasn't exclusively exposed to, to like one sound.
1: Well, the album opens and closes with a spoken word. Uh, who, who is whose is the voice we hear?
2: It's it's my my aunt, so my my father's sister.
1: Uh huh. And my French is terrible. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't understand all of it. What what is she saying? Yeah.
2: So um, she's telling a story. That um, the first time I heard it, I was I was a little girl, and I was just like I was with my family. we were enjoying dinner, and when we finished dinner, she used to always tell us stories, and she she. Um, started telling the story. It's called le, mus- le Moustique et le Tampon, which translates to the um, mosquito and the... I don't know the, the word in, in English. I should have looked this the up. The pad, but it's, possibly? It's what, something in your ear. It's an organ...
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. tympano in yeah, Spanish, yeah, timpano. Exactly. The, the eardrum. The, tim- the eardrum. <laughs> no, the, there's no such thing as tympan, no? No, eardrum. eardrum. So. eardrum yeah, okay. I'm pretty
2: sure it's the eardrum. True. <laughs> the tympan.
1: <laughs> Typical <laughs> Spanish translation. Right? Yeah.
3: yeah.
2: Well, um, yeah, that's just—it's the title of the story, and basically, it just narrates um, the story between like the mosquito and the eardrum. They used to be old friends, but then like something went down, and and the eardrum. Um, did something to the mosquito, and while the mosquito was chasing down the eardrum, um, the eardrum, the eardrum came across a human. He was like, please, the mosquito's gonna kill me if you don't help me. Can I just hide somewhere? And he was like, you can come in my ear. So the eardrum gets in there, and basically, like, at the end of the EP, it says, and, like, that's why we get mosquitoes, you know, around our ears, because they're, like, talking to the eardrum, and the earwax we have is rest of like the honey that they fabricated together. Anyway, it's a, it's a story. It's it doesn't really have anything to do with the EP, but I just I just remembered that story. And exactly I the thing that I liked the most was the ora ora, which is um it's a technique that it's used in in storytelling all around the world. I, I believe, but especially in Africa, in which to to keep the listeners attention, you you repeat ora ora um or like a different set of words uh, throughout the story. Um and you wait for the listener to reply. So, like when she says aura aura, if I was listening to the story, I would say aura. to like to let her know that oh, I'm listening. Yeah, you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, that, that, you know, the speech uh, teachers talk about this, no, about the rep, rep, uh, using alliteration, not a, uh, rep, repeating words, the repetition of words, as mm-hmm. you say to. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like it's, a call
2: and response. Yeah, 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 yeah very good. Well, mm-hmm. We Th- have to that, remember that.
3: Well, that figure makes me think of like telling stories to children. You know, when they go to bed, exactly. and like you're sort of wondering if they're asleep or not. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. and if you can sneak <laughs> off, and if you've got that, that that's a brilliant technique
1: because yeah. you know, if you say "Oh, aura," they don't respond. You can be like, "Okay, I'm." You're asleep. <laughs> Because if you ask them, "Are you asleep?" they might wake up, right? Because it, it's like those code words. They're like, "No, no, no, I'm not asleep." You know, and they'll fight <laughs> to, to to keep your attention a bit more and keep you away from the wine. Um, <laughs> do you know? Are you familiar with the term "wine, mum"? Wine, mum. Yeah,
2: not exactly. No. It
1: doesn't. It doesn't. It isn't <laughs> exclusively for moms or women. I'm it, a wine mum. I'm a example. wine mum too. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Every time we think wine, wine mum appears. <laughs> um, I understand that this EP is fully self-produced. Um, is that true?
2: It is true. Um, except, I mean, I got the mix and mastering done at, at a studio that my dad works at. Um, but all the producing, so all the sounds you hear and all the arrangements are done by me.
1: So did did. Did you learn w- what was it like? YouTube tutorials to what 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 kind of pr- programs were you using?
2: Um, so I use Ableton, uh, Live, and Logic Pro, um, and yeah, it was just I didn't really plan like I want this EP to be fully produced. It kind of came that when the idea first came to mind, and and I started you know like trying to get the tracks down and everything. I tried to work with other producers, but I couldn't quite explain what it was that I wanted. Because I was just like, yeah, I have this idea. I want it to sound like like what my morning sounds like. And they were like, what? <laughs> what? How do I do that? Um, so I just, at the end, I found it easier to, to just produce my own tracks. Because I knew the sound that I was looking for. Um, subconsciously kind of. I, I heard, like, maybe I would hear a sense sound. I'm like, oh, this this kind of sounds like what I want to incorporate. So I just started doing that, and then it just progressed. And, yeah, with YouTube tutorials and, like, I don't know, some other people's help, I got to, to, to do everything, yeah.
3: I'm fascinated by that. So if you can put it into words, what does your morning sound like? <laughs>
2: mm, it's just... Like, it's very hard for me to describe, but, like, what I kind of noticed when I came from with the idea for the EPs is that every morning or every... I mean, in different types of... Uh, different um, parts of the day, I would feel inclined to listen to a certain type of music or to a certain type of artist. So like, in the morning, I would listen to maybe something a little bit more upbeat, um, and towards night, I would listen to, you know, like, more mellow, or like, harmonic, dense songs. So, it's um yeah i just what i what i tried to do was like listen i mean inspire from each of the artists that i listen to in each part of the day if it makes sense so for example in the mornings i listen to a lot of keytronada um which i love so that's why i like and i the song um that represents my morning i try to like inspire from like more progressive and like synth synthetic like sounds yeah
1: well, the songs sound like they were recorded at the, at the most expensive studio in the world. <laughs> it really, as you, well, you were saying, you, you you mastered at your at the studio where your father usually records, yes. right? Yes. The what, what was that experience like of being, you know, going from being able to work on your computer at home to being in a studio? Did you feel comfortable? Were you intimidated at all by such, you know, the equipment and <laughs> and I don't know other kind of? Um,
2: not really. So the like it was mastered at my dad's studio, but it was recorded in my my room. bedroom I recorded it there and once everything was down um the mixing and mastering process started like just when I moved to London so we did everything in the in distance like I just sent him the tracks and like he would do like a first mix and send it back to me and like I would give feedback and until we got everything down and when I came here, I did go to the studio and, like we listened to everything, so it was cohesive. But I've been going to that studio ever since I was a kid, so it, it wasn't really intimidating.
1: So, did you have to be creative when it came to getting perfect uh, microphone sounds? Like, Did you have to hide in a cupboard to, to absorb echoes <laughs> or this kind of stuff? Did you any kind of um, unorthodox uh, practices to try and get better sound quality on your mics?
2: Actually, not at all, because I am—I'm a lazy person. Yes, I'm gonna <laughs> admit it. Um, and I—I just—I don't really care, uh, sometimes. So like, whenever I get inspired, I'm like, okay, I, I want to—I want to record now. Sometimes I would just get the mic in my hand, just start singing to it, and like in the audio you can hear like, <sighs> but I'm just like, no, but I like that take. So you know what? I'm just gonna leave that in. <laughs> and like, if if you listen, like when it comes out, one of the the tracks in the song, I basically just like put the mic on my. Um, next to my uh, piano, and I started playing it. So during the whole track, you could hear, like, ring, but I like it. I don't know. I think it adds maybe a little bit of authenticity. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm not picky at all with, like, the getting the perfect sound because
1: well, obviously you know it, it people obsess over it so much and especially yeah. in 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 your style of or the styles of music mm-hmm. uh you know it's not like uh, in punk rock you can get away with fuzz and imperfections and mm-hmm. stuff but it's true the texture that you have on this cp is 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 um, guild it's pu- it's very good quality um, Thank you. how how have you found your uh move to london has has inspired you is it making you think of new songs are you Are you feeling that kind of thing of when you're displaced from your home territory?
2: Mm, So I haven't really tried to do a lot of new songs. I mean, I I do have like a few side projects, but they're not for me. They're in collaboration with other artists. But mainly I've just, I started school as well. So um, I've noticed just in the last few months that my vocal technique has improved a lot. So what I'm looking forward more than doing new songs is performing live, which now is very difficult. But um, I've already like... I've gotten some ideas of, of things that I could do like whenever I get to play this, this EP live and and I'm very excited to do it. Um, I don't know when it will be possible, but um, I have a lot of ideas, yeah. Uh,
3: is it going to be just you on stage? You're going to be joined with the band?
2: I mean, ideally, I would have, you know, African drummers and people who play the flute and double basses and electric... I I would have everything. Um, Now, I don't know what will be possible, but I would love to have African drumming for sure. And, um, yeah, then I guess just... The standard instruments, bass
1: guitar. Would you feel comfortable playing with your f- your father's friends? Because uh, you know jazz <laughs> musicians, they all know each other. A lot of them, you know, it's it's you know. I imagine he has a phone book full of like incredible drummers oh, totally. and, pl- and horns.
2: Totally, I would I would be totally down for it. It's more like if he would want to be. Because if I could, like I'd tell him, yeah, just come and stage with me. But he he maybe he he wouldn't want to. I don't know. Um, but uh, I maybe. We'll, we'll see. We'll see, awesome? we'll
1: see. We'll <laughs> see. Tell me about your other family, the Cute Mob. The Cute Mob. Uh, cute Mob. It's, uh, no, no, the in front, right? Uh, who are the Cute Mob? Tell us about it.
2: The Cute Mob are a uh, an artist collective based in Barcelona, who was like initially, you know, put together by uh Sen, which is. Uh, an artist, dancer, actor. Oh, yeah, he does we know a lot of things. We know lady. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, yeah. We're just an artist collective that you know um, incorporates many different artistic like disciplines or practice. I'd say like fashion, music, um, dance, and uh, and yeah, we just we're all pretty much in the same age range, and and we just we just like to make stuff, <laughs> make art.
1: Do you have like a collective manifesto is there something that drives the cute mob as a you know you have like a mission together or is it just freestyle
2: honestly i don't know (laughs) but um i guess it's just like i haven't you know for a while i haven't really seen like a lot of innovation like in the artistic scene in barcelona Mm -hmm. so i feel like we each one of us have our different visions but we all want to you know to create something in here in the city and and that that people can relate to because for example i grew up listening to most of the artists that i listened to were either from the states or the uk or like from other countries i didn't really look up to any artists locally so it would be really cool if we could just create a community that you know people from him listen to and they're like oh my god they're talking about magba which i go to every day you know um i think that would be really cool so yeah maybe we're just looking to to create something new and um here in the city
1: what what about the cute mob headquarters? I've heard a lot about Vladi's apartment, which is not just his. Like it's, like it's some kind of. Uh, it reminds me a little bit of that documentary about was it Young Lean or Le- I, I get confused. Was it Young Lean, the one who had like lived in a warehouse with all these other SoundCloud trappers, and they were somewhere slumming it while he was like touring and and paying for all this. <laughs> and well, yeah, I'm not. I don't want to compare because that was quite. It got dark. Yeah. Um, where are you going, your I, I You know, I just. <laughs> (laughs) I'm just remembering what it was like to share a flat with five crazy souls Um, (laughs) I wasn't part of the Young Lean uh, crew but (laughs) sorry I've I've lost what is the cute mob headquarters like Can, can you speak about it or is it off the record
2: I mean, yeah, I haven't asked anyone, but, I'm I, like, everyone knows it's just, like, we always compare it to a cave. Because it's just, it, I there's, like, two small windows and, like, there's always a lot of people inside this house. And what's inter I mean, what's funny is that I've lived, like, in front of his house during my whole life. Like, we lived, like, literally... Opposite each other, and I live with my family. And I remember, like when they moved in a few years ago, I started noticing like parties very often, and like I saw always people, but I didn't know until like a mutual friend introduces, and I was like, oh my god, so this is this is what it's like in here. And yeah, but like it's cool because um, they have like their little home studio, so whenever we're bored or we just want to do something, we can go and we I don't know, we chill or either make music. It's, it's cool to have yeah. the space.
1: It's really important to have a creative space, isn't yes. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should we listen to a bit more music? Let's lift it up again.
2: Don't bite. You played them all, yeah. you didn't play me. At the same time. Try
1: to catch me while you're opening secularly And stay on eye That's, uh, is f- that feel like? No. no,
2: that is I know. Damn it, I'm,
1: that's, uh, I'm, I'm looking at my script, obviously, we're, we're improvising here. Um, From your EP, Aura Aura, debut EP, uh, when's it going to be available?
2: Um, It's going to be available on January 15th. Yeah, (laughs) just double checking because I get lost. January 15th, it will be out, finally. Um, I'm so excited for it to be out and for everyone to, to be able to listen to it.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, as I say, we listen to it entirely, and it's 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 incredible. It's uh, it sounds so. You as a, you can put it right next to Badouism or Voodoo, D'Angelo's Voodoo, and it sits perfectly well between oh the two. Oh my
2: God! You just made my my entire <laughs> existence. <laughs>
1: <laughs> very, very, very incredible. It's incredible. Well, today we're talking about the concept of moods. Um, are you aware of the this whole? Kind of artistic strategy for releasing music or putting out artistic work. That it seems to be that now that everything is uh, exists on social media, mm-hmm. uh, everything is driven by mood. Mm-hmm. Um, Mar, first, would you be able? Would you care to explain to us the concept of the mood? Because I, I still struggle with it.
0: Okay, so uh, mood, more than just the artistic um, kind of thing that lots of artists are doing, is a word that is been everywhere, and it's like you, you just say it constantly at least to me it feels like everything m- even my mom is talking to me and I can say mood like yeah it's <laughs> a big mood or something and and it's becoming to be a little bit on a like can it can be repetitive and even in Spanish it has like kind of filtered through and I'm talking Spanish or Catalan and I, and I can say mudito which is like what, <laughs> what is wrong with me and I'm not the only one it, it's it's getting bad so it can be addicting um, that uh, heads up for everyone who wants to start seeing mood every time so it can a, get bad an and example
1: would be like uh if I, if i say uh 2020 yeah you I can I just can, say mood. i can
0: answer yeah mood like oh yeah totally big mood that's such a mood <laughs> or like you can be listening for example i was thinking when when's the times I, i've been thinking like mood um like for example i think Kendall Jenner or someone like really famous posted a clip and that's going to sound very random a clip of Pingu which is like the cartoon (laughs) of like the animated cartoon you know for kids that I know Pingu wow yeah Yeah. Yeah. well the he was getting really overwhelmed over little things and then he had like a mental breakdown over like the kettle being off and the phone ringing and the door being, and he gets really overwhelmed and he has like this <laughs> mental breakdown and I was like, yes, big mood, big mood, Pingu, I am I totally feel you. And, and yes, big mood and such a mood can be anything and everything, uh, but we have other stuff that can be explored by mood. Like I um, mood boards, like you were saying, are which is a very interesting tool for artists and people like that. I'm obsessed with Pinterest, and I I thought it was this app for, like, soccer moms that can find recipes there <laughs> and do it yourself. No, like, you can do anything, and I, I'm not an artist, I'm, I'm not one, and I have all these, like, little folders with mood boards of things that that are not going to happen. Like, oh, yes, when I'm going to go on a Italy trip with my friends, and I want this mood, and I want this... Well, it's getting out of hand. You can see <laughs> it's yeah. becoming
1: a boutique hotel. No, it's uh, it's curious. Exactly, the, the 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 arrival of Pinterest has accelerated this way that yeah. people communicate with each other, right? And rather than explaining, oh, you know, I want to see marble tabletops and 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 columns and and statues and stuff to get a Roman vibe, you just sort of say, look, photo, yeah, exactly. Uh, like a Minority I, Report. No? Who
0: would have told me that? I would have, I will, would be using Pinterest as much as I do. Like, but it makes sense because all the Tumblr kids that we grew up from 2010 to 2017, we all, what we did was basically creating mood boards constantly. So it makes sense that now Pinterest is the way we creatively like take our Tumblr spirit that hasn't been alive for a few years, but now it's coming back. I feel like.
1: Bikoko, did you have a m- work with a mood board for Aura Aura?
2: Not at all. So I'm, I'm also, you know, I'm lazy. I'm not organized. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> say all the bad parts of myself No, But I'm not, I'm not an organized person. So like, I've tried to like also do like the mood board thing, or like even on Instagram when I say I can't even manage to save my my images in like little departments. I'm <laughs> just all over the place. But for Aura Aura, it was just. I kind of, I had this, like, realization, like, once, uh, one day I was, you know, just sitting at a park and I just realized that a lot of, um, a lot of parts of myself were related to, like, different parts of the day, so then I just, that just evolved into the idea, but, like, I didn't have all this plan and, like, think I want this to be here and this to be there, it just kind of happened. Yeah. That's how you
0: know you're an artist <laughs> Because <laughs> it can happen naturally to me Everything is so forced and so planned And it never happens so, I, I really liked you on, on the cute tapes And I want to tell you that I'm really excited to hear The full AP when it's coming out
2: Oh thank you, really
1: appreciate that yeah. Oh yes, she didn't get the promo copy oh, no. no, I felt so left out and when we were I told to keep it you... so, so quiet So yeah, yeah so you have so a great... we, we, we trust,
3: we respect security measures
1: Especially, you know, Ben. Ben's been working for many years as a as, as a music journalist, and he would get watermarked copies, right? And oh, yeah. And if it gets out, it's your name on it, right? And you can get well blacklisted, that kind of stuff. I, oh, I yes.
3: recall. I recall one time I had to. It went even further. I had to go to a record company to listen to the new Mariah Carey album. They sat us all in the room, took away our telephones, and we just like, had to literally sit there for like. 70 minutes to listen to. And, like, nothing against Mariah Carey, but, God, it was just like... I'd never heard it before. It was a really long album. I was like, oh, this isn't... No, this isn't that gr-
0: sounds, like, super cool. Super cool thing to happen to you, that Mariah Carey wants you to listen to the album. Don't, I don't think Mariah Carey yes, had my personal idea. Yeah, personally I don't, Yeah, do. I
3: would love, love, love to think that. I was going to ask, one of the interesting things um, about Pinterest is that... Um, I don't know if this is still true, um, but... It always had the, the reputation that uh, it was a social media that was uh, used a lot more by women than than by men. Is that...
0: Why do you think... Do you think that's true? Or I think why? it's true. But, um, I think now maybe it's... Maybe then it was middle-aged women, as sexist as it sounds, because it was basically recipes and stuff and... I wish men would middle-aged men used it as well, but um, <laughs> let's be real. Um, but now I think it's more like genderless, like mm, teenagers or young people. Are there's lots of pictures like for inspiration, and and you can find really cool stuff there, and and it really get, it's really easy to create a mood board. Like I have folders for like fonts that I like. I'm not a graphic designer or anything, mm. but there's stuff that I I just like it, and I have to like create a a folder or a mood board for it, just because there's it's it's such a cool app. I I, I don't know.
1: I must I I don't know if I, if I'm right with this, but I think it arrived at the same time that that Kinfolk magazine was becoming very popular, and it was always very visual about you know lifestyle and how to decorate your house with that kind of Scandinavian or Nordic mm-hmm. rural style, which ties in very much with the album which we're going to be reviewing in a few <laughs> minutes. You know this whole this uh, this imagery that that goes with creating an ambience and the type of. food Food, and all of a sudden, everyone was starting to take pictures of, like, r- rotting oranges and wooden boards, cutting boards with the uh, vintage knives, and you know, from the, with a the bird's eye view, and all this. It, I, I got a little bit sick of it, I must admit. And even and I and I actually created a website based around this whole concept, but <laughs> <laughs> so I shouldn't be so resentful. <laughs> but but you know, it's, you know, when something just gets uh, empalagoso, we've said yeah. this before. You know, you, you get visually attacked by all these breakfasts. Well <laughs> heaven forfend if you were
3: to shuffle off this mortal coil uh, tomorrow and we had a look at your uh, Pinterest do you think it would give a an accurate representation of who you are
0: um it would be an accurate representation of my wannabe persona like it it i'm not as cool as my Pinterest like my Pinterest is like oh I wish I could have all of these, and I wish <laughs> all of this represented me, and then I'm this. But look at my Pinterest. I like I I think this it applies to everyone. Like you will never be as cool as your Pinterest. It's like a goal you will never achieve, and you know it, and you just. But this. Are.
1: This is what I env- envy, what I, what, I, I get that frustration like you, Mar, uh, when I see someone like Nick Cave, for instance, he is committed to this mood and this look, right, with his, with his incredible Savile Row suits, and, uh, you know, this doomed preacher man, and it's always Nick Cave, you know, you never see him wearing a tracksuit going to buy a, 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 a bottle of wine, right? And in- You do if you live in Brighton. <laughs> but I bet he wears the suit. I, I, I want to believe that he wears the suit or no. something
3: suity if, if you look around, there are various pictures of Nick Cave in Brighton, like helping out with jugglers and things like that.
1: There's quite a lot. And just wearing regular clothes, like not nicely tailored fit. Uh, uh, well, no, actually, no. He is wearing a suit. You're right. Yeah. You're, by the way, last week you, I want to uh, quell something. Last week you <laughs> asked me what fashion item I would never wear. We were talking about bad taste mm-hmm. and guilty pleasures. Well, pirate costumes. <laughs>
0: Why would you pirate? wear a pirate costume? I would never wear a
1: pirate costume. <laughs> on your day-to-day. Yeah, just no, just like, <laughs> and even for like a, a, a Halloween office party, I I hate, I I. there's <gasps> so something specific. so repelling about the pirate costume, the Jack Sparrow pirate costume. Whenever I see people on Instagram, Halloween, and it's for, supposed to be fun, and they're doing it for fun, for a joke, I get the same phobia that children get when they see clowns. Wow. But oh my that's God. different because seeing a, a, an elder man paint with paint and driving a van as a clown, it's really spooky, right, <laughs> Wayne Gacy, all that kind of stuff, but the pirate costume—it doesn't even have anything to do with Johnny Depp. It's—it's it's, ah, I, uh, the the hat, the proportions, the I, I get like ugh.
0: so oddly specific. Like maybe it's related to a childhood trauma that you don't remember. I don't something. know why
1: I love pirate ships and the Goonies and and uh, you know Errol Flynn. I I love the pirate. Mood, right? <laughs> but I just don't like the costume and the way that you know the wig and the the, the eyeliner. Okay. I love eyeliner. I love glam rock. and But just the, those com- that combination, the pirate costume. Ah, oh, do you, do so you that's need a my... hug, Johan, <laughs> or, or lie down? No, no, no I, I, I need to wash. Just for just from talking about the pirate costume, it's like that Lady Gaga Elton John song. I feel filthy now, you know. But I love it. No, that, 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 the Lady Gaga song, <laughs> not the pirate costume. Sorry. So going back to the the whole moods. um I think this is a good segue to talk about our last album re- re- album review of twenty twenty. Well, it's a better segue than Pirates. <laughs> <so, ladies. laughs> <laughs> I'll be able to find something. I was talking. You are about. you are you are very good at that. Hey, huh? who produced Pirates of the Caribbean? Disney, right? <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. And who is kind of funding a lot of Taylor Swift's... Where can you see Taylor Swift's documentary folklore? On Disney Plus. And what single did she decide to release hours away from George Lucasfilms uh, production company, which belongs to Disney's announcement of the return of a very beloved little wizard? Willow. True. So, yes, so that's my little conspiracy theory, which none of you are following right now. Willow, do, do you, remember, you won't remember, you're too young. There was a movie in the early 90s or late 80s called Willow about a little wizard. Uh-huh. And it was amazing. And it's one of those fantasy films. that. Are, and they're going to reboot it, basically. They're going to make a show or something for Disney. And they announced this the same day as Taylor Swift announces her surprise release of her new album Evermore and and the single is Willow and I'm like what is this just a coincidence are they playing with my emotions (laughs) Ah, let's listen to a little bit of Taylor he did So apart from laying easter eggs all over the internet, Taylor Swift has become one grand master of creating an entire mood with both her albums of 2020. Uh, If I say the mood is very folklore, or evermore, by the time January swerves around, most people who read the internet will know what you're talking about. Wintry images of rural landscapes, pine trees, mountaintops, autumn leaves, checkered jackets like the ones worn in Brokeback Mountain, maybe some rope in the back of a pickup truck, horses! If Ben grew a thick beard and walked in wearing a lumbersexual look, we'd say, you're looking very evermore today, or your vibe is very folklore. Taylor Swift did it again and surprise released a second album of intimate folk songs written and recorded with Jack Antonoff and Aaron Dessner at his Long Pond Studios. What did we think of this record, this second release? So Taylor Swift, um, her previous album, I really,
3: really, really enjoyed. It was um, I- I'd never been a big fan of her to be for Sure, sorry, sorry, Ma, I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? And and um, people have actually put together playlists of previous Taylor Swift stuff that. Uh, because I said I really like this and it really surprised me. And they put together these playlists. And it's all right. But for some reason, Folklore, I absolutely adored. I don't know if it hit me at the right time. I don't know what it was. It was just one of those albums I I, I couldn't get enough of. And particularly um, The Last Great American Dynasty, which I thought was an absolutely mm. fabulous song. Like a brilliant bit of, of songwriting. So I, lo- I love Folklore. Um, So th- this is going to make me sound, I don't know, very... A bit of a brat. I don't know. Like, like I'm, like I'm, I'm mm. not appreciating it. But evermore was almost too much. You know, like I was really happy, really happy with folklore. Okay, and logically, more of that kind of thing is better, right? But somehow, I didn't want.
1: I, I kind of didn't want this. The, the, this other album. Does
3: that make any sense? Like it you does.
1: did. Yeah. Like you felt like there was there was enough said with one, right? Well,
3: I. It was such a brilliant album it was so perfect and it was almost like that was like done and also i tell you what it was i could sort of and i could sort of understand that she'd recorded one incredible album in lockdown you know but two is like come on it's like those people like yeah i learned french and japanese and i lost weight and you know I, i learned how to code all during lockdown when i was like you know watching stupid TV it's, oh, almo- it's no. almost too much you know. well so like
1: totally. like Bicoco, she Taylor also installed her own home studio I, you <laughs> see I was watching her documentary the, the um, lo, uh, Folklore at Long Pond Studios on Disney mm-hmm. Plus uh, I'm not getting a commission by the way uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they're always listening they might I might get a free t- a fast pass um, uh, and watching it it was I get I got I understood why she has released another album it's because she just can't help writing songs and she's in this she's in this mood now of this, long, especially that Long Pond Cabin studio, run by Aaron Desner. It's paradise. It's the kind of place that, if it's if it's not expensive on Airbnb, you'd you'd go and spend a nice romantic weekend there. If you can spend months there, even better. So there she is, and it's just her and Aaron uh, Desner. And, and Jack Antonoff you know two people that she trusts in and she feels protected with and, and she's just giving way to this whole creative stream of just writing songs and writing songs she even features her husband-to-be you know he wrote it she yeah. talks about it about how he was writing a song in one of the bedrooms and, all, and she's like hello uh, what, what, what's this we, we should make this work together
3: but uh, I want to ask you something if I may of do course. you make a lot of music like are you very pro- prolific
2: No, not at all. Like, I find it... I start a lot of music. I don't finish a lot of it. So I may come up with a lot of ideas or, like, sometimes I'm sitting on the piano and I have a lot of melodies. But, like, actually sticking to it and thinking, like, I'm going to make a chord progress and I'm going to record it. Not a a lot. And I think, you know, it it varies from artist to artist, but me particularly, not very, no.
3: So most of what you make and you finish gets released, right? Yes. Okay. Because I'm really interested, like, I think it must be hard for artists to not release things you've made mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. like I, th- I think obviously the records uh, business is changing now and like people are releasing a lot more things but there was a long time when like artists were meant to release an album every three years and i think that must be quite quite difficult um and then you get people like me who are just like no the, the, this kind of album is, is too much but i think a lot of people do do feel the same way maybe like you kind of dilute it. I felt very much the same way like in the CD era where you'd get like these big like 80 minute long well 72 minute long CDs mm-hmm. and it's like well logically I know more is better because I can just ignore the stuff I don't like but I couldn't if you see what I mean
1: yeah
3: which I, I suppose is vaguely the problem here. I should say one one thing um I do really like um about Evermore because I'm, I'm being a bit harsh there are some absolutely brilliant songs on it and she does my like she does my favourite thing that Taylor Swift does which I think is incredible songwriting which is she takes phrases that people have been using and uses them in songs and when she does it you realise that's an incredible thing to put in a song but you didn't before like the example of this is champagne problems right which is an expression I've heard lots of times um, and she used it in, in, in the song champagne problems and it's, it's perfect because she's talking about her life and she's talking about people saying well that's champagne problems and it's just like oh that's a modern kind of phrase it situates it in 2020 um, but it doesn't sound forced and I really really like that
1: well another thing that amazed me from the from watching this documentary was that she was re- Justin Vernon from Bon Iver sings again uh, he sang on folklore and he sings the closing track on this album and uh, she was petrified of asking him to sing on to guest on the album she's a fan of his music but she and she says it in such an honest way she's like I was afraid that he'd say no and I would not be able to deal with the rejection and thankfully Aaron Dessner read her mind and he's like you know cuz she was like who could who could we get to sing on this kind of you know uh, pushing the vibe and Aaron was like you know what I, I bet Justin would love to sing on this and for those of you who might not know or remember Justin and Aaron have a shared musical project together called Big Red Machine and here again I'm starting to get paranoid because what was the name of Taylor Swift's label that she's having all this trouble with Big Machine and what was her fourth album that she chose not to release you know when she took down all her music from streaming services from Spotify and stuff Red so, Mark, can you make sense of any of this? I
0: like how your mind is going to the theories. This like, is yes, your influence. Come, <laughs> come to
1: the theory, fandom. It's like, she's our chief inspector detective here on all, these, on all these theories. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, what does it have anything to do? I mean, Big Red Machine is also a pseudonym for a, a Cincinnati baseball team. Um, but... I don't know. Anyway, so Justin Vernon's on it and she also has The National on it. Not just Aaron, who is one of the founders of The National and Tom Berninger singing on it. She had the entire National come in and perform on this album. So obviously, once again, this is Taylor becoming indie uh, is is the headline. Mm -hmm. But I like the way she does it because she's not... I have a theory. Another theory.
0: I like it. (laughs) If
1: you have been... A very successful millionaire from the age of seventeen. There's no way you can go indie. You can go. You can be a indie and become a, a successful performing art and be a millionaire. Or become a millionaire. But the other way around, it doesn't usually work, right? It's it's hard because you know she's not worked as a. She's never had to work as a waitress in a cocktail bar. Reference um, <laughs> from a song. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it when I make these cheesy little jokes and no one gets no, it no I got it I you got, got it. it I know you did no, that's why I pointed to you yeah I didn't know what I was meant to do though. <laughs> it's from a song by the Human League I was with anyway she's never had to sort of had the sort of shitty experiences of being in an indie band you know travelling in a crappy van and stuff she's always been in private jetting it you know from day one she was very successful private jetting uh, <laughs> you know I mean uh, so so all of a sudden her trying to go indie that would never work especially you with know, We all know how the indie world is very snobbish and credibility and stuff. It's all very important, so that's never going to fly. But she's done it tastefully. She even said about the song that she sings with, uh, she duets with, uh, or Tom Berninger, the national duet on. She wrote the song in the in the mood of the national, in the style, because she said that Tom Berninger has a very signature way of writing and perform and singing his lyrics. So the way she is able to adapt all any style. She's done it with pop. She's done. She's even done that kind of modern urban pop kind of stuff, you know, on on 1989. You know, she's. It just shows that she is so mul- so versatile and so talented, which is what I love about these releases. And it's very credible because it's obviously very close to the country style that she's she became famous for in the first place.
3: Do you know what? I think I'm ready for a Mar theory backed with evidence.
0: <laughs> I was waiting for this one. Um, okay, so. Let's let's preface a little bit, so none of us were expecting this to happen, right? Evermore, just today, like, a second album, Taylor Never does, like, two, er- two albums in one era. like. But we knew something was cooking because on the 22nd of December she posted that now typical of her Instagram um, pic where she said, not a lot going on at the moment, and the last time she posted um, a picture captioned like that she was doing folklore, so she was clearly doing a lot on the moment. but. Um, Well, at least I and I think most sane people would think is she was re-recording the albums like we were saying last week but now we have to remember this woman is insane and she was rec- recording a whole other album. Like, uh, apart from the re-recordings, which I don't understand how one person can do so much with one, like, quarantine. Like, I, I get it, we're all at home, but how how you, do you do that? Six albums or I don't know how, ma- how many she has to re-record and two new albums. Anyway, she's insane, we have evermore. So now we know that she has been putting out um, like cryptic messages to tell us beforehand that she was putting out evermore. So now um, the Swifties and the the crazy fans are trying to figure out which were these hidden messages and if we can predict what's gonna be her next move. and, And there's a lot of cryptic messages and there's a lot of theories my favourite one being that she and Harry Styles ran over someone with a car oh. and, and they have, have guided, hidden the body somewhere and they have been writing about it in their albums and stuff. They, uh, this is clearly not a theory, it's a fact. <laughs> and, but uh, I Lawyers, explain.
3: it's not a fact. <laughs> Libel alert.
0: For legal purposes, this is a joke. Wink, wink. <laughs> um, and... Uh, Well, I'm just going to explain the one that I really, really think it might be more than just a theory. And it's, hear me out, Evermore, and you're not going to like this one, Ben. (laughs) It's not the last album. This is going to be a trilogy. And by April 13th, we'll have the last piece of this story that it's a a trilogy. And then she will retire.
1: Wow. Wow. That's a lot. Would she still be 31 by the time she retires? Yeah. If, she, if your theory goes along? Yeah, because she's obsessed be with number 13, 30s. right?
0: Yeah. She, she's later on the year, so by April, she's still 31.
1: 31. And, okay, I saw an interview with Jimmy Kimmel where... Well,
0: I'm going to get to oh, that. Oh, sorry, sorry. I have okay, okay, everything There's, There's no done. way you can de- turn <laughs> apart this theory. Okay, so I'm, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, ah, three albums, it doesn't look much like Taylor, she only does one. She did two, and that's a stretch, so I'm not buying this. Well, According to a contract she has now with her new label, she has to release a certain amount of albums so before she can retire or take a a, like a here to stuff. Um, so whatever way, then put out all of these songs and stuff you have to put out um, according to the contract Then to put out a trilogy. Makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. And then again, why would she retire? Hmm, I know what you're thinking. <laughs> Taylor <laughs> has said multiple times she wants to raise children out of the spotlight. And we know her partner is also very private. So remember last week when we thought that she was engaged because um, on the re-recording of Love Story, she said, baby just said yes. Well, she's already married, not engaged. And she's expecting a child. And it's going to be Nate Willow. What? Oh, wow And that's why she needs to retire. I I,
2: well,
3: I know you can't I know you can't drop these mics but that, that is basically <laughs> that was dropped. the Obama drop <laughs>
2: very I was very surprised by that. Very and accurate. I have more
0: evidence. Oh my god. Wow. This because you might not Please be, tell me
3: it's cardigan-based evidence. <laughs>
0: it's cardigan-based evidence. Of course it is. We reviewed folklore a few months ago when it was released, of course, and we were obsessing over the merch that were cardigans. And you could get it in three colors, which is already suspicious. Three, why would she lose three colors? The first was the one she was wearing on, on the cardigan music video, and and it was the black and white cardigan, the full color, color scheme, right? But now we understand why there's another one that's orangey color scheme tone, because it matches Evermore but there's a third one that's greenish mm, that doesn't match Evermore nor does it match folklore must it be a third album coming up it is there's a third <laughs> album coming up there's no way there's no way this is just a slip that Taylor doesn't have like errors like this she wouldn't put out a third Random cardigan that doesn't match any of the two colors of the album color scheme.
1: Okay, but what about when Jimmy Kimmel asked her if Woodvale okay. was?
0: Okay, you might ask that, <laughs> and I will explain, answer explain, you. Explain, explain,
1: explain what the Woodvale thing was.
0: See, and there's a the promo picture of Folklore, and it's and you can clearly read Woodvale if you put lots of attention, but you can read it, and people went crazy like that's the name of the third album. We got it, it's here, it's coming, and. She went on an interview with Jimmy Kimmel just like you said a few days ago, and she revealed that that's not a name of a third album. It's just a clue name um, that she used to f- refer to folklore before folklore was called like that. Yeah. Um. But she did not like turn apart the theory of a third possible album. It's just not called Woodville. It's that was a name for another okay. thing. Okay. So. I'm thinking it's going to be something that rhymes with folklore and evermore, like cottagecore or something like that. <laughs>
1: cottagecore, <laughs> yes. It has
0: to be something that rhymes <sighs> because it everything's like that. So we know it's not the name, but it might be coming. And we know when it's coming. It's coming April 30th. I, I said that before. And that we know because the crazy fans have been scrutinizing every lyric video and there's a, a clock on the video A Cowboy Like Me that points to 4.30 on April 30th and that was and from the day the video was released the day of the Evermore release that was 140 days away like April 30th is 140 days from that date and 140 days are the exact number of days between Folklore and Evermore so it's... <sighs> Yeah. Wow. You see where I'm going?
1: Oh, God, we should put money on this and stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. we can have a little betting, like a porra.
0: <laughs> and final thing that I want to convince you with, if you're not convinced already.
3: <laughs> I think you're going to have a lie down. <laughs> really? You <should> really.
0: <laughs> Finally. That we know Fulker was the story... Well, Folklore and Evermore are sister albums, right? She said it in, in an Instagram post, like, yeah, this, these are going to be sister albums. And we know in Folklore we hear the story of James, Inez and Betty, who we know are the children, the three children of Blake Lively and, and Ryan Reynolds. And in Evermore, we hear the story of Marjorie and Dorothea, who also happen to ha- who are sisters and who also happen to have a brother named Alan. So James, Inez, Betty a set of, si- of three siblings. Marjorie, Dorothea and Allen. a set of three siblings. We're getting a third album to make the brother-sister-sister sister album. So we are missing a brother. And in this third album, we'll have another set of three siblings and it will be the full story. And this is my case. And mm, yeah. My and you, you, you,
1: you, you have won the award of the year. That is, that is a very, very well-researched theory that's insane yes i can't wait for april now i want to see yeah, it happen yeah, yeah. i want to see christopher <laughs> <laughs> let's listen to a bit more of this angelic voice rob give me give me give me give me so she had a whale of a time recording at long pond studios with uh, aaron dessner's lovely um, studio out there in the wilderness north of new york and curiously Uh, It's time to talk about, quickly talk about our favorite albums of the year. One of my favorite albums, I'm going to say my favorite, my top album of the year was also partly recorded at um, Long Pond Studios. It is Fleet Fox's Shore. And uh, basically, I love that album because I did not expect it at all. It was also a surprise release. What is it about people who recalled at Long Pond that they don't need to surprise release their albums? No press build up, no hype, nothing. Just all of a sudden, bam, here it is. It was also very autumnal. In fact, it coincided with the autumn equinox. I fell madly in love with the entirety of the record. I love it because it was an antidote to a lot of the anxiety created by living through a pandemic. The songwriting was lush and deliberately deliberately gorgeous. Robin Pecknold's overcoming of his past anxieties and creative block was easy to extrapolate to my own woes. I like the decisions he made, recruiting unknown Yuwade Akare, working mano a mano with Basque producer Beatriz Artola, having Hamilton Lighthouser's kids singing on some of the chorus choruses there was a sweet family and friends mood with one of America's greatest generation of indie music stars, right? And uh, coincidence uh, yeah. Long Pond Studios, I'm reading my notes. <laughs> For a while, that whole Americana mood had become so overused on Pinterest and kinfolk to sell perf- perfumed candles and overpriced coffee and Fleet Foxes with Bon Iver and Iron and Wine and now Taylor Swift, they ruled at the top of really cheesy playlists. And as we discussed in our episode about guilty pleasures, there's nothing idiots like me loathe more than liking obvious things that are easy to like. <laughs> but I now stand proud and scream at the top of the Appalachian Mountain that I love the Fleet Foxes' album. I'm done with trying to seem more interesting than I really am. I am basic. I love coffee. Mm-hmm. I wish I drove a vintage Ford van. I wish I was always climbing hills wearing expensive outdoor clothes. I am obsessed with the iconic Columbia Boogaloo 1986 jacket. I want to take symmetrically perfect photos of me staring at lakes and valleys. I want to live in a well-decked-out caravan with nukes and crannies. I want to fall asleep reading Thoreau's Walden and with the sound of owls, hoo-hoo, mating in the distance. And maybe a little waterfall... I want to boil water over an open bonfire and stroke my beard like a wise tracker. I'm sick of the city. I'm sick of wearing a mask. And I want to find peace in the wilderness. I want to walk around with a rifle and no front teeth and scare away tourists. I love Fleet Fox's Shore. Wow. Yes. <laughs> uh,
3: Bicoco, can we, can we ask, uh, if, 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 you, if, you, if you've not been sort of battered into, into uh, some kind of day's submission, as I have by, uh, by everything you've heard, what was your album of the year?
2: What is my album of yeah. the year? Um, so actually when you were talking about it, I was thinking, what would be my album of the year? And I think it's called Honey for Wounds? Wounds? Yeah. From Eco LMA. She's an artist that I just I came across on Spotify, I didn't know her before. And I have listened to that album so many times, I cannot tell you. Like I've just I j I just fell in love with a lot with most of the songs on the album. And yesterday um, while I was just scrolling down on Instra- on my Instagram notifications, I saw that someone that she follows followed me, mm. and then a few minutes after I got, I, I did a cover of one of her songs and posted it on YouTube. She commented on my YouTube. Ah! Oh. So Club. Oh my yeah. god! Stop. I wish I was so happy. I was so so incredibly happy. So yeah, I, I totally recommend that album. I just uh, listen to it if you haven't yet because it's just. It's just so beautiful. Um, So yeah, that's my album of the
3: year. Mar, what about you? Do you care about albums?
2: <laughs> I do, uh,
0: weirdly. This, I feel this year I have, <laughs> have discovered my interest for full-on albums. Mm-hmm. Um, Is that
3: because we forced you to listen to them?
0: Yeah, but basically. <laughs> 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 no, but I, I was thinking, and I think I have to could, to give it up to Chloe and Halley and Godly Hour, because I think they have been the queens of 2020. They know how to perform during a year where you cannot perform, and they have an amazing album. So for them they're the the queens of this year well my
3: my favourite album of this year was taking it right back to the the first song we played today it was uh, Heavy Light by US Girls because it just had a sort of sort of beautiful songs and maybe a coincidence that it was released in in March back when we were all feeling a bit sort of like gloomy and and sad and tired and this made me feel a lot better in fact March 6th that was basically when we went into lockdown wasn't it? Yeah Yeah, pretty
2: much I think so
3: I don't know if my, my tastes have gone gone a bit mad, but that was uh, my album of the year for, for keeping me sane, for keeping me dancing in the kitchen, for keeping everything not that bad, which I think is pretty much all you could ask of, of 2020. Mm-hmm. Let's only hope 2021 is better. Well, we've got your, your, your EP coming uh, yes. January the 15th. 15th. Yeah. 15th. Uh, we've got another Taylor Swift album coming. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: 2021 sounds a lot better already.
3: Johan's Google. got his own special
1: release, which. Uh... <laughs> What's my special release? You know? Oh yes, 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 <laughs> A mini me. <laughs> uh, is there time for anything else? No,
3: no, no. no very much no, no, no. We're getting, we're getting. Uh, if only there was. If only there was. me off guard. There. There's,
1: there's just time to wish everyone a merry Christmas. Right. Merry, Christmas. Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas everyone. Happy th- holidays. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Weekly Review. See you back all here in 2021.
2: If I wanted to know who